Jay Butter and Popcorn. <laughs> okay, let's start the show. Sit back, relax, and listen. Friday's gonna have you glistening. Get ready for a real good vibe. Shea Butter and Popcorn. Now live. Welcome to Shea Butter and Popcorn. With Taj and Chels, Season 2, Episode 12. Shea Butter and Popcorn is the all-inclusive podcast giving you the exclusive. This podcast focuses on reviewing our favorite films. My name is Chelsea, a.k.a. Chels, singer, actor, and all-around movie lover. Taji, let them know who you are and what we're talking about today. What's up, y'all? It's Tajiana, a.k.a. Taj, also actress, activist, filmmaker, and today we are actually talking about movies based on abuse so just a, a precursor trigger warning that this podcast episode is going to be a little bit on the heavier side because we are talking about abuse, different forms of abuse. So, yeah. And it, yes, I'm so glad you said that. Um, the subject matter may be uncomfortable. It may be heavy. And if you or someone you know is a victim of domestic violence, please call the national hotline at 1-800-799-7233. That's 1-800-799-7233. Uh, whether it be physical or emotional, you know, um, where you feel like you may be mentally uh, abused by someone that you know and trust and and, and love and you feel betrayed in that way. Um, so these movies we're going to talk about um, discuss abuse in those forms. Uh, the first film I'm going to get into is The Accused, 1998, directed by Jonathan Kaplan. The character, Sarah Tobias, played by Jodie Foster, is going out drinking one night after a fight with her boyfriend. Sarah is brutally raped by three men. She's gang raped in a bar while people watch and cheer when it happens. So the DA, district attorney, Catherine Murphy, played by Kelly McGillis, takes the case on. However, she allows the rapist to receive a mild sentence. So distraught Sarah decides to seek punishment for the men who witnessed and encouraged the rape. So to get justice, Sarah must take the stand and revisit the night of her attack in this drama based on true events. This is a true story. This movie won Foster the 1989 Golden Globe and Foster the Academy Award for Best Actress for her haunting portrayal. I believe this movie used used to be able to stream on Hulu, but I think you have to rent it now um, to stream it on like Amazon Prime and things of that nature. So that's The Accused, 1998. My second film is Sleeping with the Enemy, 1997, directed by Joseph Rubin. This movie starring Julia Roberts, um, who plays this character named Laura Burney. And Laura ends up having to fake her own death in order to flee from her violent, abusive husband, Martin, played by Patrick Bergen. And they, like, uh, live on Cape Cod. Um, He's very wealthy, very uh, type of anal type A person. Um, He's very abusive to her. And so... Laura leaves Cape Cod and moves to Iowa, where she adopts a new identity and starts dating a local teacher, Ben Woodward, played by Kevin Anderson. Wow. And Ben is a theater teacher. Yeah. Wow, um, that is a lot. It's a lot. This movie's it's so intense. There's a lot that happens. Martin, her husband, meanwhile, unearths evidence suggesting that she isn't dead. He is so crazy. He figures out that she isn't dead. She faked her death. And when her mother, who's an old folks home, confirms this, he tracks her down to Iowa. Um, 
Laura didn't know how to swim, but she learns how to swim um, when she was married to this man. Um, he didn't know that, of course, when he was at work, she was taking swimming lessons in order to disappear to make it look like she drowned. Because um, in the beginning, he's freaking out. She's like, she can't swim, but um, obviously she can. So he finds Laura and Ben and confronts them, forcing her to fight for her life once again. I mean, her husband's a complete nut. He would always like the canned goods to have the label facing front. So when Laura starts over, she jumbles up her canned goods in the pantry and she makes sure the labels don't face. She makes her house look kind of like a mess and things like that. And wow. reclaim her life. Girl, this movie is so trippy because mm-hmm. she's sleeping with the enemy, which is her husband. So mm-hmm. yes. Um, I think I saw this movie the first time it was on like lifetime, something like that. Cause they will show it a lot. Um, but I believe it's available to stream maybe lifetime on demand or Amazon prime. But that's Sleep with the Enemy, 1997. So intense, so crazy. I'm not going to spoil the ending, but um, y'all should check that out. It's very, very good. Very well done. I am not ready. <laughs> You're like, no, this is too intense. I can't do this. I can't. <laughs> I mean, I want, I'm intrigued though. Okay, we're going we gonna to do it. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, my last film for this week I'm going to be talking about is Reviving Ophelia, 2009, directed by Bobby Roth. Now, this movie, um, most people probably won't know this movie because it's like a made-for-TV movie. It's a Lifetime original. But it's so, it's really well done. And it's so underrated, probably because it's a Lifetime movie. But the delivery of the message in this film is understated and simple, but so present and timely. If you are in a toxic relationship, leave. That is the message. This is what this shows you. Leave. Um, if you're in a toxic relationship, y'all get out, leave, get in front of some people. It's not worth it. Seriously. When it's so insane. Get out, tell somebody yes. so that they can help from the outside. Mm-hmm. And help you. Okay. It is never too late to turn things around. And this movie is unsettling because she's so young. Um, this young teen girl named Ophelia played by Rebecca Williams. I believe she's 15 when this happens to her and she has a friend who's more wild um in high school played by carly beverly um uh she's definitely her opposite because ophelia's like tame and like um soft-spoken and her other friend isn't but this young girl ophelia gets a boyfriend and um she turns out to be in an abusive relationship and her wild friend is trying to warn her and help her to get some sense into her and tell her to get out of the tax relationship. But she's like, I love him. And you know, he doesn't mean it because she's so impressionable because she's 15. Right. Um, and they call this movie reviving Ophelia because, um, Ophelia needs to come to terms with reality and be revived in a sense and know her worth and know that it is not worth it and that she deserves better. Um, which I don't, I hate to ruin the movie, but everything turns out. Okay. Like she does get out, which is very healthy. Um, she doesn't end up dying. Hey. to kill her multiple times. So it's like she's revived in a sense. Um, yeah, it's a very good classic Lifetime film. Everybody should check this out. Reviving Ophelia 2009. Those are my films for this week. Um, I really hope you check them out. I would say hope you enjoy them, but they're kind of hard to enjoy but the, because of the content and the message of the subject matter. But those are it. Taji, let them know what yours are. Yes. So I'm going to start off with um, a more recent project, A Fall from Grace, um, written and directed by um, the illustrious Tyler Perry. Um, it was released actually um, January 17th of this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the first Tyler Perry film to be 
uh, released by Netflix. So congratulations to him. It's scary. It's considered, it's in the thriller genre. Um, So it is very interesting. Um, When a woman is indicted for murdering her husband, her lawyer thinks that there may be a conspiracy at play. So um, basically there's a public defender, Jasmine Bryant, who um, is, you know, constantly taking plea deals in her small town of Virginia. Um, her husband, Jordan, is a police officer. Um, basically, um, she's given a new case um, by her boss, who's played by Tyler Perry, actually. Um, and this public defender is played by Brisha Webb. Love her. Um, love that she's gaining some traction yes. um, on screen. Love it. Um, and she basically um, gets assigned this case um, with Grace Waters, who is a woman accused of murdering her husband, Shannon. Um, and so she insists that she's guilty and only wants to take a plea deal if she goes to a prison that's close by her son. And she notices that there are a few things that are off about the case, including the fact that Shannon's body is missing. Um, so basically, um, and uh, Grace Waters is played by Crystal Fox. Um, and so basically, you know, the firm doesn't have enough money to take the case on, but she's like, nah, something's wrong. We need to like literally do this. Um, but Grace's best friend, Sarah, who is played by Felicia Rashad, beautiful and eerie performance, um, informs Jasmine that Grace was feeling sad after her divorce and she pushed her to get out and meet someone new, which led her to Shannon. Um, and so after researching some more, Jasmine and her colleagues, um, believe that grace is innocent so jasmine asks grace more about her relationship with shannon and in a flashback she tells the um she tells her the story of how she met him basically you know they go on a date and he continues to charm her wine and dine and so three months go by filled with happiness and joy and then they quickly get married shannon and grace so slowly but surely his niceness turns into a cruelness and you know is filled with secrets so um one day Grace is fired from her job at the bank and she notices that the money from her accounts are missing. So she thinks that someone has stolen her identity and she's trying to get to the bottom of it. She questions Shannon, um, her new newlywed, her husband, <laughs> um, and <laughs> discovers that he was the one that stole from her accounts and had also mortgaged her house, y'all. This story is wild. So... The final straw was when he had another woman in the house and, you know, Grace walks in and sees them in bed together. So he forces her out of the room asking for privacy, the audacity. After this, after this, um, Grace, you know, beats Shannon with a baseball bat multiple times and threw him down to her basement. Grace drives to the middle of nowhere to call her friend Sarah and tells her she killed her husband. Um, Sarah explains that she went to grace's house and witnessed malcolm leaving the house and shannon's body um missing which leads her to believe that malcolm helped grace so at the trial jasmine fails at proving that grace is innocent because of you know the confessions and all the things of that sort so calling sarah as a witness um actually (laughs) backfires and so um she is found guilty by the jury grace and so um you know 
Sarah, you know, admits on the stand that Grace confesses, you know, that she confessed to killing um, Shannon, basically saying like, oh, you know, the phone records were showing. So she was like, yeah, she called me and told me that she had killed her husband. And so um, feeling defeated and bad about the trial, Jasmine stops by Sarah's house when she notices that an elderly woman who she previously met named Alice, who is played by um, the lovely Cicely Tyson, is trying to escape the house. Oh my gosh, this part just, oh my God, it, that this scene, it just breaks my heart. It just makes me so mad because then I started thinking about abuse towards, um, the, uh, yeah, abuse towards the elderly and like things of that sort. Um, so she's trying to escape the house, this elderly woman. And so her house is used as a residence for old ladies. And so Alice, you know, um, wants to leave the house, revealing that other women have died there, including um, Shane, who is the victim from earlier in the film. And Jasmine discovers that there are other women locked up in this basement and that, you know, are basically kidnapped. And so basically her husband, who is a police officer, um, discovers Sarah's criminal history and goes to find his wife, Jasmine, who obviously went to Sarah's house. And so Shannon turns out to be alive and is Sarah's son, y'all. And for the past 20 years, they have been conning older women out of their money in social security. Bro, the fact that I know that there are people out in the world like this is just so scary. So it did not receive great reviews. I know there's a lot of controversy on Tyler Perry's films in general in terms of how he portrays black women specifically, but um, it they were in principal photography at Tyler Perry Studios in fall of 2018 for five days. And um, that is just like such an enormous feat. And so he prides himself in the fact that, you know, his first Netflix um, film is um, had 26 million viewers in the first week. Um, I remember my mom had the film playing and so I had watched it. Um, it only received a 22% on Rotten Tomatoes. 22? Uh, yeah, it was, it was very badly reviewed. Um, an average rating of 4.6 out of 10. Um, and on Metacritic, um, it holds a 33 out of 100, um, you know, indicating generally unfavorable reviews. Many, so, many people on social media have criticized it because of the errors in the film, such as seeing boom mics, continuity errors, and extras staring directly into the camera and miming actions, possibly, um, you know, attributed to the very limited production schedule. Um, they did shoot it over five days. So I'm like, eh, but, um, you know, and also like some of the lines as well. Um, and so, um, yeah, I, I think that it was a great story. I mean, mm -hmm. I feel like all of Tyler Perry's films have a certain aesthetic to it. Um, I actually didn't notice many of those errors, but now I'm like, Oh, interesting. Um, I remember the main thing on social media has been, you know, he often is like ridiculed for his wigs, choice of wigs on these women. And so a lot of people <laughs> ridiculed for wigs. I'm done. Literally was like, so in one of the scenes um, that Crystal Fox is in, I guess her wig, when they cut back and forth between a couple of shots, her wig is in different positions during two shots. And so people were sick over that. I'm going to leave that alone. The film has Not a good story. Position. Not, <laughs> Not different positions. But yeah, so go watch the film on Netflix if you haven't already. Anyways, moving on to a per The Perfect Guy um, that was released a while back in 2015. Romantic thriller film starring 
Um, Michael Ely, Sanal Lathan, and Morris Chestnut love, love, love the taste, the flavor. Love it. Um, so basically, um, this um, successful lobbyist, Leah Vaughn, breaks up with her boyfriend because he refuses to commit to her wishes of starting a family. Two months later, she meets Carter. Carter, <laughs> a charming man who works <laughs> works in IT with Chelsea. Get it together for another company. <laughs> she's still, y'all. She's still stuck on the wig. I'm like, <laughs> I wish I could see her. But <laughs> look, y'all, leave Tyler Perry alone. Okay, this is his brand. Just let him look. I can do a whole another review. No. About- I'm gonna do a whole <laughs> video about Tyler Perry in general, but I didn't notice. I didn't notice the links. <laughs> I didn't notice either until somebody posted it on Instagram or Twitter, one of those, and was like, "Look at this, y'all!" And they made a whole video. Oh of, no! <laughs> look at how it changes, and I'm like, so. Huh. That's where the continuity error comes in because I guess they were saying, why did the hair person move the... I don't know. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, they were like, yeah. It just... Yeah. Anyways! Anyway, yes. Back to the perfect guy. Carter, charming man who works for an IT... Who works in IT for a, a company. Um, you know, grows quickly with his, you know, relationship with Leah and works his way into the hearts of her friends and family. So they come home um, from a trip um, to San Francisco to meet her parents. And, you know, a stranger at a gas station asked Leah about um, Carter's uh, Dodge Charger. And so Carter viciously attacks this man, y'all. And then Carter and Leah drive off when, you know, the, the owner is like, please leave. And so she's like what the heck and so she decides to break up with him that night y'all a turn of events over the next several weeks carter continues to stalk leah at her job and makes so many phone calls she had to change her phone number i will i pray that i will never have to go through that if you've gone through that i am so 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 terribly sorry that is so unfortunate to have to change your whole phone number because somebody will not leave you alone like y'all give it up like guys need to know how to take no for an answer but that's, that's a whole other discussion um so um leah didn't know this at first but he also gets into her house with her spare key and he um goes through her belongings hacks into her computer and abducts her cat this man what? i saw crazy. this i forgot about that <laughs> forgot this about whole that. scene is oh my wild and then she goes to the police and meets with an, a detective who advises her to keep records of any you know attempts that he um makes to contact her and she's just like so that's it i just have to wait till something happens and y'all so yeah so she finds a threatening note in a single red rose attached to her car and follows a restraining order against carter causing him to lose his job and i was like yes but later Dave con- contacts Leah about rekindling their relationship and Leah eagerly agrees like yes my guy so then one night Leah and Dave find Carter watching them at a restaurant and Dave goes up to him is like bro like stay away like literally stay away so they notify the police and um the detective interrogates Carter over the violation of the restraining order and Carter says that he was innocent, you know, stating that he had no idea that she was there and that Dave was aggressive towards him. And the te- detective lets him go. Ridiculous. Then one night, 
oh gosh, I don't even know if I should share this, but Leah's neighbor, Mrs. McCarthy, discovers that Carter is inside Leah's house and he pushes her down the stairs, y'all, and kills this old woman. And he is also um, secretly videotaping Leah and Dave as they sleep and are making love. Y'all, he is <laughs> under the bed. Disgusting. I forgot about that. Yes. The fact that he came in there and then uses her, he uses her work email account to send the video to her coworkers and her business clients, causing her to be suspended from her job. So he also sabotages Dave's car, causing it to crash and suffocates Dave. This man is crazy. Then Leah and the detective are certain that Carter is involved in Dave's death, although they lack the evidence necessary to incriminate him. After investigating further, the detective learns that Carter's real name is Robert Adams and that he changed his identity after similar um, incidents of harassment. So when the situation escalates, you know, the detective relays um, a story to Leah of a friend of his that bought a 12-gauge Remington shotgun that he loaded with two beanbag rounds and five live shows. In the movie, he says, you know, I can't, you know, give you advice on the record. You know, like I can't do that while on the job. So he says... They meet up at a bar and he says, you know, a friend told me a story about how blah, 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 and says, you know, that um, the beanbag rounds are fired first as warning shots and that that would give justification of an event that there was an intruder and that, you know, it would be like self-defense and, you know, if she should take that action to do that. So Leah um, discovers Robert with a new identity with another woman. She frightens her off being like, this dude is crazy. He stalked me, da, 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 da. And files another restraining order against him in front of his new employees, once again, getting him fired. Then she manages to find find his hideout. She starts to play his game, y'all. I love this part of the movie. She's like, hmm, with her sunglasses on, rolling up, finding his hideouts where he monitors her and finds her cat. She destroys his computers and then leaves, daring him to come after her again, basically from, from, her, from his apartment. That night, Robert breaks into... Leah's home and after luring him into an empty room she aims her gun at him and then she um he uh actually knocks the gun out of her hand and they start to struggle Leah manages to recover her shotgun and you know as a detective instruct instructed basically shoots him twice with the beanbag rounds as a warning and so basically you know he persists in attacking and she fires a live show and now she's relieved and the police escort his body out of her house. And it's just so sad because she lost the man that she loved and also this man that she thought she was clicking with. And so, yeah, um, this film, I remember when it came out, everybody was like, bro, this film is crazy. Um, so it received a lot of um, a lot of good reviews. Um, we love, I don't know, Michael Ely in these roles, man. He just plays it so well. It's the eyes, I think. But um, Sonal Lathan, love her. Morris Chestnut did his thing. Um, very good. Um, very <laughs> troubling. Um, very abusive to be stalking someone. Very abusive. Um, but, um, yeah. So that is my second film. My last film um, is actually not a film. It is a TV series that you guys have probably heard of. It is called The Act. And it is a true crime drama web television series that actually premiered in April 
parts on March 20th of 2019 on Hulu. And I have not finished um, all of it, but this first season is just great. Um, and it's based on real events, y'all. Like it is based on the real life of um, Gypsy Rose Blankard and the murder of her mother, Dee Dee Blankard, who um, was accused of abusing her daughter by fabricating illness and disabilities as a direct consequence of Munkinson um, or Mun- Munkausen syndrome by proxy, um, which basically is an illness where you um, basically it's a, it's like a fictitious disorder, you a mental disorder where um, the person repeatedly acts as if they're sick um, when they're not really sick. And it's just, is so troubling. So yeah, basically the mom was doing that to the daughter. That's why they say, um, um, Munchausen syndrome by proxy because that was the mom doing that to the daughter. Um, so basically, um, Joey King, um, plays Gypsy, love her. And then, um, Patricia Arquette plays her mother, Dee Dee. And, um, Anna Sophia Robb is also up in that thing. Callum Worthy is also up in that thing. Um, and so, um, she actually, um, Arquette actually, she won, um, outstanding, supporting actress in the limited series and um joey received a nomination for outstanding lead actress in the limited series um so she is basically confined to a wheelchair due to an illness as it is suspected and basically she grew up believing that she had cancer and so her relationship with her overprotective mother begins to go haywire she increasingly insists on her independence and you know she rebels as her mother who um, dedicated her life to her care grows more protective, controlling, and abusive, particularly because of her attempts for her to explore her sex sexuality. And so the relationship turns even more toxic when um, Gypsy discovers many secrets, um, like the fact that when she discovers that she, you know, was not sick at all with cancer, but that she was just making her, you know, okay, and eat this and take your medicine as if she was sick. And that in itself is sick. I just can't, I can't. Um, I feel like that's part of the reason why I, I didn't get past episode two, um, but I'm going to finish it. I promise y'all. <laughs> it's still on Hulu. Um, please watch it. But um, her mother, you know, successfully deceived her, but also families, family, friends, and medical pro- professionals into believing that her child was ill. And so, um, yeah, it's, you know, I don't know how many people suffer from this, but suffer from this disorder imposed on another person. Um, and so, um, yeah, that's just sad when a caregiver is like exaggerating or faking another person's illness. And so basically, um, I don't want to give it away, but this narrative eventually ends up, um, in a bad way because, you know, she discovers that everything was a lie. And so something, you know, at the end happens that, you know, wraps that up, but, um, yeah, so, kind of didn't give away the ending for the for the first and last movie but um happy ending for the second one um but um yeah so please go watch watch these things um the act is on hulu um and a fall from grace is on netflix and the perfect guy i'm pretty sure you can can stream on um, amazon prime or elsewhere online so please yeah watch those films um just you know be wary of the content and it's very it's very troubling so um, yeah, but those are my three uh, movies slash TV shows. Great. Let's get into our next segment. Personal Everest. 
Now, when one makes a big summit up a mountain, say Mount Everest, for example, there's a set of skills and tool set that one must master with a great team around them to get the job done. So the personal Everest for a director making a film so sensitive and dealing with subject of abuse, I feel like one must be uh, very careful with material because oftentimes, even if the story is not based on real characters, um, these are real scenarios and real tragedies that happen every day for people, you know, Uh, what do you think, Tosh? Yeah, I think you definitely have to be very, very sensitive. And I think, um, you know, I think doing, you know, like kind of what they did with um, 13 Reasons Why, I know, even though I know there's um, a lot of controversy mm-hmm. around that because it talks about, um, you know, suicide is like having that toll number in the the content. It's okay. Put it either in the beginning credits or the end credits or somewhere in there and like, really caring for your audience because they're consuming content that is like, it's fine to tell those stories and it's great that we tell those stories to bring awareness and shed light on them, but you have to care for your audience and like be careful. And so I think, you know, that is very important. And um, I think that you have to definitely have a, you ha- I mean, you're making a story about that in general. I'd hope that you're a compassionate person um, and like, able to tell it in a way that's truthful you definitely have to have your research team tight like you don't want to you know miscommunicate things about different syndromes disorders illnesses mm-hmm. um you know um uh, michael michael ely even explained his process of like how do you get into the brain of like you know like you know a stalker or someone who is like being like super extra like you know there's interviews about how you know actors have to research and just like practice and tell it in a truthful way because you don't want to you know miscommunicate something and that you know oh that's not what it is Mm -hmm. so um you know he's mastered of like you know hey this is the mind of a stalker and this is what they go through and this is you know x y and z so i think definitely definitely be truthful to it and be sensitive to it and just you know tell a good story but also care for your audience and also be willing to you know say what's too much to be consuming or like Mm -hmm. you know where do we draw a boundary or you know do we want to make it more heavier, you know, or more heavy or do, do we want it to be on the lighter side? So definitely mm-hmm. got to consider some things, but yeah, definitely being sensitive and like compassionate towards um, any film that you're making or TV show or any content that you're making about abuse for sure. That's true. That's so good. Well, thank you all for listening. Um, please tune in next week. We will be in our feelings. <laughs> Again, we will be in our feelings again. <laughs> yes, we will. Um, we will be discussing movies about mental illness. Mm-hmm. So definitely continuing the heavy topic. Yeah, continuing on that that illness. Um, yeah. That yeah, that illness road. So yeah, definitely watch the act if you're wanting to explore more about different mental illnesses. Because I didn't even know that that one existed prior to watching those episodes. So definitely. Yes, and please feel free to follow us on social media to stay updated on this podcast. Yes. You can follow us on Twitter at Shea Butter Pop. Follow us on Instagram at Shea Butter Popcorn or follow us individually. You can follow me at Chelsea J Music on Twitter or Instagram. And you can follow me at Tajiana underscore on Twitter or Instagram. Yeah, you can. All one word, all lowercase. Please let us know what you'd like us to talk about. Please, please DM us. Let us know. If you want to be a special guest, if you got a topic you think that we should talk about, like we're super down, so DM us, let us know, blow up our mentions all of that. Blow it up. Blow it up. And please also comment below 
um, in our posts on social media and let us know what you think of the episode, y'all. Yes, please. Thank you all. See you all next week. Alrighty, bye-bye.